coming to Church of the Creek, guys. Well, good morning, and, you know, as we're kind of doing more of a casual atmosphere, feel free, go up and get seconds, that's fine, I won't be offended by that, we are, um, we want to enjoy this day, and there's lots of food back there, but um, we're going to continue on a series that we're doing throughout the summer, we're going through the entire book of Hebrews, and the book of Hebrews is a unique book in the Bible, and it's good sometimes to kind of take your time, go through, and read through chapter by chapter a book in the Bible, so you don't just kind of get just Bible verses here and there, and sometimes the book of Hebrews really is one of those books that there's lots of quotable Bible verses in it, but to see kind of the whole thought that the author was laying out and the whole thing, and so that's what we're doing this summer. We're on chapter three today, and uh, if you haven't been with us for chapter one and two. The uh, the sermons for chapters one and two are on our website, and I just encourage everybody just follow along, read through it nice and slowly as we go through. Take some time to think about the implications of it, and it's a really powerful book in the Bible that gives us a big, broad picture of the significance of Jesus Christ and kind of a big picture of what uh, the implications are for our life. So in the first couple of chapters, what, the, what Hebrews has talked about is it's kind of making the case and asking kind of the reader to, to reflect on the question, who is Jesus? It's a critical question that we have to ask if we're going to say, this is what I'm pursuing, this is what I'm following, I'm going to be a person of faith. And every person throughout history who has has had to walk this journey of faith, has to answer that question at some point in time. And so kind of the, it goes through in the first couple of chapters a couple of uh, really important points. It says, you know, Jesus is greater than the angels. It talks about how Jesus was, was yes, it's it, not of this world because Jesus is eternal and was what created the world. But he's, he's not like the angels who are created heavenly beings. Jesus is different than that. Jesus was there in the beginning. And Jesus was there creating the world. Jesus is different than the angels. He's greater than the angels. And then it talked about last week. But then Jesus was also human. But Jesus overcame sin with his life. And his life as a human, was so important and critical, and it told us so many things about God. The love of God to come to earth and to walk among us, to humble himself in that way, to be with us, and then to overcome sin and be that final sacrifice for sin on the cross. So last week, we covered that. And so we're continuing in chapter 3. It'll come up on the screen, and we're going to read Hebrews chapter 3, the entire chapter this morning. It says this, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as uh, Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. Just as the builder of a house has great honor, uh, greater honor than the house itself, for every house is built by someone. But God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what 
would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we, in which we glory. So just pausing for a second there and we're going to move on and continue to read. Is, is the book of Hebrews talks about Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is greater than sin. He overcame that. He was human but he overcame the the temptations that humans face. And it says here that Jesus is greater than Moses. And understand the point that is being made to people who you know, grew up in the Jewish faith. And remember that Moses was the one that brought the Ten Commandments to the people. Moses was the one that brought the law to the people. He brought like all of these important truths. In the Bible, and every day they would follow meticulously these things. This was, this was the core of the life of faith for the Jewish people, was what Moses brought to them. And so now it's saying Jesus is greater than that. And Jesus is even greater than that law that Moses brought. It continues on. So, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. So he's pointing back to the time of Moses as well, while the people of Israel were wandering in the desert and disobeyed God many times. Verse 10, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declare an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original convictions firmly to the very end. As has been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who, uh, who heard and rebelled? They were not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned? whose bodies perished in the wilderness, and to whom God uh, swore that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. So that is chapter 3 of Hebrews. I want to point out a number of different things, and you have to understand as we go along, there will be things that continue to come up and build upon one another. So continue to read along, and next week we'll get into chapter 4. But there's several things here in the chapter that has been the first couple chapters has been leading up to. Jesus is different. This is different. This is important. And right at the beginning of this chapter, it says, you know, what we need to do is we need to... Fix our thoughts on Jesus. Fix our thoughts on Jesus. Focus our thoughts, attention, attitudes, all of that on the person of Jesus Christ. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. This uh, past week, 
Uh, we've had kind of an interesting summer because, you know, during the summer, I uh, normally work two jobs. I get a little bit more extra free time. But this summer, my son had broke, has broken his foot. He's recovering. So we're just kind of getting to the point where we can get outside and play a little baseball. But this season, he wasn't able to play on a baseball team. But this week, his foot was feeling good. He's kind of back. So we got out. We started throwing the baseball around, hitting a little bit. It was great to get out there. I love, uh, you know, summertime and, and the freedom to do some of that stuff. So we went out, and it was the first day hitting baseball. So, you know, we're going pretty easy. But I... We're, I was throwing him batting practice, and he was doing pretty good, except, sorry Titus, to bring it up in front of everybody, except every now and then, he just pulled his head a little bit like this, just pull his head. And you know what? Everybody's like, that's the first thing you hear. If you go to baseball games anywhere across the city, little league games, you'll hear parents from the stand yell, keep your eye on the ball, right? That's like the most basic, easy thing. And, and, and they're always, you know, if you can't see it, you can't hit it. That's what my little league coach used to always say. So I'll tell you the secret because I was a baseball coach. Uh, the secret, really, it's not that you can't, you know, that when you pull your head, you're not seeing the baseball. Of course, you kind of need to see the target. But when you get into higher levels of baseball and the ball's coming at 95 miles an hour, you cannot see the baseball. You can see kind of, uh, you can approximate where it's coming, but you don't actually see the baseball make contact with the bat. The eye cannot pick that up that fast. So when you're pitching at a rate like me, 95, 100 <laughs> miles an hour, you can't really see the baseball, but whenever you pull your head, everything goes wrong. So Titus, listen up. This is a Father's Day moment. Thank you all for sharing. You you can't pull your head because when you pull your head, everything else kind of turns and everything kind of, your shoulders get out of line, your hips mess up, your weight gets forward. You just, you can't touch the outside of the plate. You're dead over there. And just everything goes wrong. Do you hear me, Titus? (laughs) And so... I was there throwing batting practice, and you know he would do he would do it for a while, and he'd be driving the ball, he'd be hitting it to right field, all over the field. But then every now and then he'd get that pull, and he was done. And it just took Titus. Are you listening to me? <laughs> all right, come on. All right, I don't think he's fully listening. Come on up here, Titus. Okay. All right. It's important. Okay. See. When you pull your head, look, he's not going to hit me. When you pull your head, look, go ahead, focus, and take a normal swing. Here we go. Go ahead. Take a normal swing. Eyes down. Take it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. His, his hands are messed up. Just take a normal swing. Okay. All right. Your eyes. It's okay. Uh, when you, but when you pull your head, watch. Get your hand up there. When you pull your head, then it's your shoulders, your hips, everything. Your weight is out of line. You got a ball down here. Pull your look. Pull your head. You can't even touch it. Then your bat angle gets down like here, and it's just all. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Say yes, Titus. I don't think he's getting the point. Okay, come on. All right. I don't think he's getting the point. All right. Okay. All right. We got to do. This is Father's Day. This is really important, right here. Okay. 
Get your weight back, back up a little bit. Don't worry about this. We don't even need this stuff. Uh, that's not what matters right now. We don't even need it. Okay. All right. Back up a little bit. Keep your weight back. Eye on the ball the whole way. Here we go. Go. Good. Okay. Good. Now, do you feel it? When you pull your head, everything goes off. Okay? Do it. I shouldn't teach you to have and practice bad things, but go ahead. Go ahead. See that? You can't even... You hit the... Uh, yeah, but everything pulls off. Everything pulls off. All right, one more time. Back up. Here we go. Okay, get tight as the hand. Way back. Way back. There you go. There you go. Good swing. Okay, one more. Should I look or not? Yes, look at the ball. Focus on the ball right there. Focus on the ball. Head, 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 shoulder to shoulder, right there, focus. I'll hold it for you. Okay. <laughs> I trust you. All right, there you go. All right, Titus, that's good enough. Anybody else? Anybody else need some work on your swing? Shane needs some work. Shane doesn't need any work. Uh, I have seen some of you... I have seen some of you play softball. Uh, you sh- there should have been a few more people that rose their hand. Um, uh, but the focus, you have to focus. And we all understand that in sports and anything else is the focus, the eyes. Being able to say, this is what I'm looking at. This is what I'm focusing in on. And that is exactly what uh, the scripture is telling us right here. It's saying if we get our eyes out of line and we're looking at something else, all of a sudden, everything else has problems. Everything else gets out of whack. There you go. Um, we'll do batting practice later with anybody who wants to. Um, but So this is the focus of the, the chapter right here, and it gives us several things where it says, this is what you need to do to make sure your mind is focused on the right thing, that your, your mind is focused on Christ. And... Uh, when our attention gets other places, all kinds of things fall apart. One of the things it says in verse 6 is it says, it says this. Uh, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence in the hope in which we glory. Uh, but Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence. So that is, that is one thing it's talking about when it gives us this analogy here. It's saying, hold firmly to the confidence that you have. Here, through the first couple chapters, it's saying, this is who Jesus is. Jesus is not like the angels. Jesus is, was human, but was totally different and lived a different life. So our faith and our belief in who Jesus is is the God of the universe that came and gives us hope for our, the salvation for our sins, that we can put our faith and trust in him. If you have to, and it says here, hold firmly to that confidence. This is the house that your faith was built upon. Hold on to it clearly. It's kind of, you know, it, it's one of those things that happens a lot is, is when our, our thoughts get focused on other things. Sometimes our Thoughts get focused on, you know, financial trouble that we have. 
and all of a sudden, confident, we, we don't have confidence in certain things in our life. We don't have confidence that we're going to be able to pay our bills. We don't have confidence in our job performance or something like that because, because we're getting focused on that. It's saying this is what you put your faith in is in Jesus. Get, get your eyes, get your thoughts back on Jesus and you can hold firm in your confidence in that. You know, there's certain things that maybe you're, you're confident in. And there's other things that maybe you're not. There's certain things maybe that you, you don't have a lot of experience in. And so there, there's a lack of confidence. You know, if you, if maybe if you had to get up and speak publicly, some people aren't comfortable with that. Like getting up and speaking in front of other people. What if I mess up my words? What if I do this? But, you know, there's a difference if you do something regularly every day and you practice it and you get used to it and you have kind of that confidence in that. Sometimes people, uh, you know, in my job or other scenarios, they're like, hey, uh, somebody's got to stand up and talk about this in front of a crowd of people. And I'm like, I'm fine doing that. Uh, It doesn't bother me a bit. And other people are really are nervous about it. You know, how, how can you be so comfortable getting in front of people and talking? I'm like, well. I do it for about 40 minutes every single Sunday, and after a while, you get used to that, and you get confident in that, and it's not as scary, and it's not as fearful. There's times in our life where we have areas in life where maybe something shows up in our life, and it shakes our faith, and it makes us question all of the things that are going on in our life. It makes us question, like, like. Am I following down the right path? Am I doing the right thing? It's saying here that if you fix your thoughts on Jesus, we can hold firmly and we can be confident in what is, what is going on and moving forward in our life. And this is kind of the practice of faith in a way. Of course, we practice all kinds of things in life. But one thing we have to do in our, in our walk with God is practice our faith. Where we recognize and realize that we've maybe I've gone through something difficult before. And in that moment, I cried out to God. I fixed my thoughts on Jesus. I remembered what was most important. I held firmly to my belief that God is in, in control. I held firmly to those conf, that confidently in those things. And I endured. And, and, and it, I got it through that moment in time. And so it's saying here, trust what you believe. Trust that God is sufficient. Do you know who we're talking about is we're talking about Jesus Christ who overcame sin and death. You should hold firmly to that confidence. But this is a struggle that all of us deal with. So what I recommend to you in many different times is there's times where you have to just call a timeout and pause and just Take a second to reflect on what you truly believe. When you're in those, one of those moments where things are getting shaky around you and your faith is just kind of feeling like maybe there's something, something missing or something off. Just go back to those things that you know are true. That you know what? God is in control. It's going to be okay. His grace is sufficient for me. Uh, these truths that we know about God to hold firmly in the confidence that we have. It's keeping our thoughts fixed on Christ and remembering what is really important. Our mindset 
our belief, that, that like, confidence in what God can do in and through us is really a powerful thing that can get us through so many, so many different challenging circumstances in our life. Another thing that it talks about, and it says it in a couple of different ways, a couple different places, but it talks about hearing God's voice. It says it, it makes reference to that in verse 7 and in verse 15, and it's kind of saying, saying like, do you hear God's voice? If you hear God's voice, if you do this, you know, it'll, one, it'll help you out, but, but like, listen, listen, focus, hear. You know, I remember back Today's baseball day. It's Father's Day, so we'll talk about some baseball, right? Uh, but I remember back when I was playing baseball, and uh, we, I played in some pretty big games in high school, some pretty big crowds. And I remember that, you know, when you kind of go up to the plate, there's kind of this noise that goes on in the background, and you hear voices and all this different stuff. But I remember distinctly several times being at the plate, and you could hear lots of shouting, coaches, kids, fans, all kinds of stuff, people just talking. But when my dad said something, I would hear it. And it was when I was pitching or when I was hitting. My dad was not one of the coaches, but he was just in the crowd. He's like, Tyler, keep your weight back or something like it was like all of those years of going to the baseball field and throwing the ball and him giving me advice and him helping me out and all those things. It's just that voice, even in the midst of a giant crowd, I could hear it and distinguish it from other voices. Even when I was even when I was up there to bat, I knew my dad's voice and I knew and I trusted his advice. And even in the midst of all of those other voices, his was clear. You know, that's kind of the picture that we get right here. Is it saying to fix our thoughts on Jesus? And one of the things that are really important is, is, do you hear? Do you hear his voice? Do you hear, you know, the things that he's trying to communicate and tell us? Do you hear and do you remember what his life demonstrated to us? Do you, do you know God's voice amongst all the other voices. I think about, you know, just kind of focusing your attention is really a lot of times it's, it's all, it's about listening. It's about listening. As a parent, there's moments where you know your kids are not listening. And there's times you have to repeat yourself. But you hope and you pray that at some point in time, they'll get the message in some way or another. But imagine the God of the universe is here and is communicating to us and has given us all of these pictures and images and is saying, do you hear my voice? One of the saddest things that could ever happen in our faith or in our life is if we can't recognize God's voice amongst others. All the other voices that are out there, all the shouting in the crowd just kind of muddles the voice of God. How sad would that be? But look at this chapter, what it's saying. It says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on him. We should know and understand what the voice of God sounds like. It's something that should, we should take effort and thought and preparation, knowing what God's voice sounds like. There's moments in time where that may be clear, 
and other moments where it be, may be faint, but we can always come back, and that's the beauty of God's word. We can come back and look at and read and meditate and pray and say, God, I want to hear your voice. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. So the question comes up because there's all these people and examples that this chapter references of people that went astray. God did amazing things and helped them and brought them out of slavery, but they got led astray and started listening to all these other negative voices or thoughts, and they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And it's saying, don't follow their mistakes. Make sure you hear God's voice. Make sure you know his voice. And if you do, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. That's the second part of, the, of that, that scripture that is quoted here. If you hear his voice, do not harden his heart, your hearts. And it's kind of uh, the same thing, but part one and part two of the same message we're hearing from our Heavenly Father is I've spoken, I am speaking. I have direction and guidance for you. I hope you're hearing. But if you hear, you have to be soft to it. You have to be receptive. You have to be teachable. You have to be open. And so the question isn't isn't just are you hearing, but are you receiving? Not just are you hearing God's word. I mean, we can sit here and we can hear things. We can read things. But are we soft, our hearts soft to the teachable moments that our Heavenly Father wants to give us to direct us and guide us away from things that will, that, that will lead us astray? So he's saying, do not harden your hearts. And certain people follow down roads, as it said in the scriptures, that it was rebellious, it was problematic, they didn't... Uh, maybe they heard his voice, but they hardened their hearts and they, they got led astray. Their eyes got focused on other things. Their thoughts got focused on other things. And they got led down a path that led to all kinds of destruction and rebellion. And it, it harmed their life. And they ended up wandering around for 40 years. And it was they were not able to be at rest, is what it says. And there will be more talk of that next week. But it's saying that they were just kind of always discontents and never found God's rest because their hearts were hard and they either didn't hear or they didn't receive what God's message was. And as a result, they didn't enter the promised land because of their unbelief. If you look at all of these pictures, all of the things that the author is trying to communicate to us, he's just saying, you know, people, it's very simple. Keep your eye on the ball. It's very simple. Keep your eyes and focus on the things that are most important. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on these things. Have firm confidence in what God is doing. Make sure you can hear his voice clearly. And that takes being attentive to what God is speaking about. And takes time for us to seek to hear his voice. And then when we do, do we, do we respond? Or do we harden our hearts? As it says in here, another thing that we need to do as people of faith is, is regularly, 
we need to encourage one another on. In verse 13, it says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold to our original convictions firmly to the very end. And this is the journey of faith. And this is something that we have to realize and recognize, and the scripture is reminding us of. Is it there? You can be told, you can know, and you can hear the voice, but there's times where even though we know the right thing, even though we know we need to keep our eye on the ball, there's times that we look away and we go back to those bad habits and we make those mistakes. And that's why the community of faith is here to keep each other uh, in line, to help each other, to encourage one another along. And it's saying, just remember these things. Hold fast to one another. Keep your eye on the ball and be there for one another to encourage each other on. The question for you is, do you have your thoughts fixed on Jesus? Or is there all these other times that there's these voices, these other things that are getting in the way? Go back to these simple, basic truths that it says right here. We know who Jesus is. We know that Jesus is in control, the creator of the universe, the savior of the world. Hold firmly to that. Fix your thoughts on that. And all those other things, you won't be led astray. And you won't go down other paths. Will you pray with me? God, today I thank you for these reminders and these words. There's things that we know. We know what the Bible says about you. We know, Jesus, that you are the Savior of the world. We know what that means. But there's so many times that we pull our head away. We get our thoughts focused elsewhere. We, we get distracted. God, we know at the foundation of our faith, we need to fix our thoughts on you. God, I pray in this room, if there's people that are struggling with doubt, with fear, with difficulty, they just take a deep breath right now. And that we remember what the scripture tells us about you. simply fix our thoughts on you. It's so easy, God, to get distracted by all of the craziness of this world. All the other things that are vying for our attention and focus. So God, we thank you for these reminders and these words. I invite you right now just to take a moment to reflect on kind of that simple truth. Is there something that 
Is there an area of your life where you've taken your eye off the ball? Where you've kind of been looking in other places for answers? Where you've kind of been distracted in other, other places? Let's be very clear. If you're looking somewhere else other than God... not going to be sufficient. But if you fix your thoughts on Jesus, things come into focus. So maybe there's an area of your life where you feel like you've strayed a little bit. Or maybe even it's just that mental battle that you've been struggling with where it's kind of the back and forth in my mind. I'm battling with, am I going to fix my thoughts on Christ or are these other things going to consume my mind? Right now, stop and pause and say, God, speak to me. Help me. God be with us, we pray. Forgive us of our sins. Because we know that whenever we're not following you with our actions, it leads us away from you. God, restore our relationship with you. Draw us close to you. Help us to know you very clearly. Forgive us. So right now, whatever is going through everybody's mind, God, I pray that you would help us to fix our thoughts on you. Hold firmly to the confidence we have in you and not be led astray. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.